Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Wednesday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Stir up the will of your faithful, we pray, O Lord, that striving more eagerly to bring your divine work to fruitful completion, they may receive in greater measure the healing remedies your kindness bestows. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of the Apocalypse What I, John, saw in heaven was a great and wonderful sign. Seven angels were bringing the seven plagues that are the last of all, because they exhaust the anger of God. I seemed to see a glass lake suffused with fire, and standing by the lake of glass, those who had fought against the beast and won, and against his statue and the number which is his name. They all had harps from God, and they were singing the hymn of Moses the servant of God and of the Lamb. How great and wonderful are all your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are all your ways, King of nations. Who would not revere and praise your name, O Lord? You alone are holy, and all the pagans will come and adore you for the many acts of justice you have shown. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great and wonderful are all your works, Lord, mighty God. Great and wonderful are all your works, Lord, mighty God. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has worked wonders. His right hand and his holy arm have brought salvation. Great and wonderful are all your works, Lord, mighty God. The Lord has made known his salvation, has shown his justice to the nations. He has remembered his truth and love. For the house of Israel. Great and wonderful are all your works, Lord, mighty God. Let the sea and all within it thunder, the world and all its peoples. Let the rivers clap their hands and the hills ring out their joy at the presence of the Lord. Great and wonderful are all your works, Lord, mighty God. For the Lord comes, he comes to rule the earth, he will rule the world with justice and the peoples with fairness. Great and wonderful are all your works, Lord, mighty God. 
Alleluia, Alleluia. Be faithful until death, says the Lord, and I will give you the crown of life. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Men will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to imprisonment, and bring you before kings and governors because of my name. And that will be your opportunity to bear witness. Keep this faithfully in mind. You are not to prepare your defence, because I myself shall give you an eloquence and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relations and friends, and some of you will be put to death. You will be hated by all men on account of my name, but not a hair of your head will be lost. Your endurance will win you your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today's reading from the book of the Apocalypse follows on directly from the reading that we had yesterday. And if you remember, yesterday we heard about the great harvest that happens at the end of time. The grain that is brought into God's barns and the grapes which are harvested, which are squeezed in the winepress of God's anger. You see, we've seen this strict division into two. Those who've aligned themselves with the slain lamb and those who aligned themselves and worshipped the beasts and the dragon. Those who became intoxicated with evil, they went into the winepress of God's justice, and they got squished. Now, I'll be honest with you, I think we hear about God's wrath, you know, his anger. We hear about the last judgment, and, you know, we grow a little bit uncomfortable. Surely God's cute and cuddly, and, you know, surely everyone goes to heaven. Well, I think we can fall into that trap if we look at life too superficially and if we trivialise the reality of evil. Remember how the dragon was turfed out of the heavens and, you know, then created havoc on earth and backed up these two hideous beasts. We've got to remember how awful these beasts truly are. The first one comes out of the sea and has got, you know, seven heads and ten horns. And it's a combination of a leopard and a lion and a bear. Um, And, you know, these horns, they symbolize power. And, you know, the crowns that are on the seven heads are our kingship. But this authority doesn't come from God. It comes from the dragon. It symbolically represents the way in which political authority can become so deeply corrupt and evil. It's too easy for us to say, oh, well, that was Rome, right? You know, we we know that they were corrupt. We know that they were violent and oppressive. I mean, you know, look at the gladiatorial battles, you know, how, how wicked they were. But goodness me, we don't have to go too far back in order to find that same beast present in our world today. We've spent the last 60 or 70 years trying to figure out how an advanced culture like Germany could be so deeply corrupted by Nazism and perform the atrocities that it did. How many compromised with this modern-day beast and took the mark, perhaps not on their forehead, but on their upper arm, the swastika? 
And here's the thing, maybe we don't need to look back quite so far into such a distant place as Germany in the 40s. Maybe we can, you know, look around us. The culture of death is certainly increasing in our society. Consider the rise of euthanasia across our states, the liberalisation of abortion laws. Consider the way that human life is being commodified. And it doesn't like any opposition. These days, any voices that go against the prevailing schools of thought are howled down and decried for being bigoted or hateful. Did we imagine that the beast was not seductive? Of course it speaks of freedom and compassion. The second beast which comes from the land disturbingly has two horns like a lamb, but the voice of a dragon. Both of these beasts then start to look a little bit godlike, because one of the seven heads of the first beast suffers a mortal wound, but but then continues to live. And the second beast is able to perform miracles and get people to come and to worship the first beast. Now, what's interesting is there are some biblical scholars that say this second beast, it represents economic power and the way that the power of buying and selling and wealth and greed can come to serve the evils of political power. And I think that's certainly in there. Um, there's a, there are other biblical scholars, though, that say this second beast actually represents religious authority and the way that religion can be corrupted in order to bring the worship, not of God, but the worship of the beast of political power. It looks like a lamb, but it has the voice of a dragon. Let's not imagine that that dynamic's not present in the world today, and perhaps even present in our own church today. So what about those who don't compromise and who suffer because of the beasts? What about those who have cried out to God in prayer and have been crushed. The downtrodden who are treated as chattel and cannon fodder. Famously, Joseph Stalin said that in order to make an omelette, you need to crack a few eggs. But what if the eggs could pray to God? What about those who compromise and cooperate with the cracking? Does God say to them, oh, well, never mind, it wasn't that bad? Does God say to the downtrodden, Yeah, I heard your prayer, but it wasn't such a big deal? Well, apocalyptic literature doesn't really admit of any grey area. You're either wearing the mark of the beast, or you're sealed with the mark of God. And so the reading which we have today is a picture of those who have been victorious in the fight against the beasts. But their victory is made manifest in the heavenly realm. They are the ones who have been rescued. The martyrs who, like the lamb, even laid down their lives in order not to compromise with the beasts. Their prayer has indeed been heard by God, and their prayer continues to be heard now by God as they praise and worship him. And it's said that they sing the hymn of Moses. Listen to this. How great and wonderful are all your works, Lord God Almighty, Just and true are all your ways, King of the nations. Who would not revere and praise your name, O Lord? You alone are holy. And all the pagans will come and adore you for the many acts of justice you have shown. They worship God because he has brought justice. They worship God because he indeed is the King of the nations. 
The heads and coronets symbolised in the beasts are just a parody of power because authority belongs finally to God. He is the one who is holy and he is the one who is victorious. So why is this called the hymn of Moses then? Well, we need to go back to the book of Exodus. The 12 tribes of Israel had been held captive in slavery in Egypt, and God sent his plagues upon Egypt in order to rescue his people from their bondage. And of course, after the great night of Passover, when God had dealt his final judgment on Egypt, Pharaoh allowed the Israelites to leave, and then they find themselves trapped on the shore of the Red Sea as Pharaoh's heart hardens once more and goes in pursuit of his slaves. And what does God do? Of course, opens up the Red Sea with walls of water to right and to left, and they pass through dry shod. And then, I think this is the bit that we always forget, is that Pharaoh's chariots go into the seabed Their wheels clog with mud, and God closes the sea over them, and they're drowned. This is God's great judgment on Egypt. And then when they're on the other side of the shore, the Israelites sing a hymn of praise to God, the Song of Moses. Now, we hear this hymn of Moses uh, at the Easter Vigil, right? I will sing to the Lord, glorious his triumph, horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength, my song, my salvation. This is my God, and I extol him, my Father's God, and I give him praise. What's he done? He's rescued us. He's drawn us through the Red Sea, and he has crushed the power of our oppressors. Isn't it interesting then that in the first reading which we have today, John describes a kind of glass lake suffused with fire and standing by the lake of glass, those who had fought against the beast and won and against his statue and the number which is his name. This lake of glass surely makes us think of the Red Sea. And the fact that it is suffused with fire speaks of God's purifying judgment. And those who have been rescued, those who have been taken out of the clutches of the beast, those who've proved victorious, they are now standing on the opposite shore of this sea of glass in God's holy presence. This is the new exodus. This is the real exodus. And those faithful to God now sing this hymn of Moses. All of this becomes for us an encouragement to be faithful. Don't compromise with Pharaoh, because as much as he wants to say that he is, he's not God, and his power lies at the bottom of the Red Sea. Same too, don't side with Caesar. As much as he says that he is God, his power too is destroyed. And don't side with the beasts of today. As much as they want to look like God, as much as they are a parody of the lamb that was slain, their authority comes from the dragon, and the dragon will ultimately be destroyed. So stay strong. God will draw you through the Red Sea and safely to the shore of his holy presence. 
At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.